0: Welcome back to another haunted Indiana. Where, yes, I am reading from Encyclopedia of Haunted Indiana by Nicole R. Kubrowski, and she is absolutely amazing. Everything is linked down below, especially the magic of Books Bookstore, who is the one who donated this book to the podcast. The next stop that Melissa and I have done an investigation at that appears in this book is the Coffins. This place is located in Bobtown, Indiana, which honestly is just a branch off of Seymour, Indiana, or at least part of Jackson County. Before I read any more from this book, I do want to point out that this location is so hard to find. And actually, Melissa was talking with one of her acquaintances, and they stated that the place that we did an investigation at is not technically the place of the coffins. So it's so hard to find. And it's all based around a story, right? So it it is a little bit confusing on which location is correct. I I still haven't been able to locate the possible correct coffins. So it, it is very exclusive. I'll give it that. There was also at one time a haunted house or haunted hayride type situation that was happening where it was dubbed the coffins. And supposedly Wherever that location was, was the genuine The Coffins, which we'll get into whenever I start reading. All right, so the Encyclopedia of Haunted Indiana does give an address, which I am going to gladly share with you. It is Country Road 500 East. The only problem with this is that by Google Maps, searching for County Road 500 East, Bobtown, Indiana, it does bring up a place that looks familiar to the area that we ended up at, but I mean, we were driving forever before we finally found it, and we had to have help from my husband, who was doing Google Maps, and it was a whole thing. But I can't 100% say that this is, yes, the exact place that we were at. One, the road that we went down, the one that was attached to the bridge where the happening happened, at least to us, which I'll get to. Well, it was a gravel road, which this one is not. This is clearly paved from Google Maps point of view. The legend states that in the late 1950s or early 1960s, a policeman was called to a party at the coffins. The kids killed him and put him in a tree. He wasn't found and the tree grew around him. Some people claim at night you can see his ghost roaming around and see him peer down at you from the tree. Another dubious legend claims that the poor houses in insane asylums would bury their dead in shallow graves rather than pay for a funeral, and because experiments were conducted on the individuals, the coffins would pop up during times of high water and they would float down the creek. Babies are heard crying. Sometimes the cry of a wolf is heard, The ghosts of Native Americans are seen in the trees surrounding the area. Other apparitions include a boy, a moaning woman, and three white spirits that traveled in a pack around the coffins area. So all of those are, I mean, we've got three stories right there revolving the coffins. And they're creepy. Though the middle one is the one that I heard about, the one that seems to be the most prominent. That this was an area that was known for certain places to dispose of the deceased. Jackson County itself is very much kind of, (laughs) very much kind of, right? But it's a swampy area. It really is. So anything that's around rivers or any type of larger creek systems, those areas tend to flood so bad when it rains. Knowing that, living here for as long as I have and knowing that, I could see where someone scoped out an area that they thought would be an easy place to bury deceased people who did not have family to claim them i could i could see that and i could also see them not being fully aware of the landscape and just the surroundings of the environment and that those places would flood yeah i could i could see all of that happening but the last story here the story that we did not know about going into it of three traveling spirits that's interesting to me while melissa and i were at this location which it we went there at night so that was very creepy it was a few days before the fourth of july maybe the day before so we did have distant distant sounds of fireworks going off and people outside on their property hooting and hollering (laughs) having a good time It was a little intense, to say the least. I couldn't say that it was, like, super, super scary because of all that, but it was intense. A little stressful. We're there to collect evidence. We don't know what our cameras are going to pick up and what they're not going to pick up as far as the distant fireworks and sounds of people partying. So that was stressful. It really was. And then when we got there, we did have a little bit of daylight left just a little bit, and we noticed all of these gun shell casings. I'm not a guntologist. i I really couldn't tell you much, but little casing shells laying all over the bridge that we were at. and that was that was a little unnerving, especially when we just started to walk around, kind of get a feel of the situation, the area. and it sounded like there were people underneath the bridge. Like there was something we picked up on the microphone. There was something that hit the bridge itself, like the metal part, and it echoed. So I have a hard time believing that that was an animal. It could have been, but it was very loud and felt, sounded very intentional, like kind of like, boom, hey, there's people down here. Which we did find out that there are a lot of other people that go there, not just to shoot their guns, but also to go under the bridge and partake in illegal activities. So not knowing if there really were people that was under the bridge, it was just that that kind of made it a little bit more scary for me anyway. But it was when we got back and after we reviewed the footage that things really got weird. We captured an EVP and I have ran it through several systems. I have sent it off to a friend to have them kind of look at everything. The sound signature does suggest that these voices that we've captured are closer to the microphone than when Melissa and myself are talking. And I was holding it, you know, arms, my arm was stretched out, but I was still holding it. So that was odd. That was odd to me. However, there is a little bit of a discrepancy here. What I hear and what Melissa and my friend hear are different. They're very similar but different. So I'm going to play that clip for you. You can determine for yourself what you hear this EVP say. That is a boosted clip. I will link down below our investigation that we posted on YouTube if you want to check it out and see all of that and hear all of that as we found it and as we uploaded it. The boosted audio that I did just attach here, that's kind of after we <laughs> after we had a few people look into it and help us boost it and see if we can make it. little bit more crisper. The dinging that you are hearing, that is one of my personal favorite forms of equipment. Can I say equipment? It's literally just an empty wine bottle that I have attached a pendulum to where it dangles down. The idea is that if you can get the spirit to move the pendulum inside the glass bottle then you're making communication we have yet to have it work (laughs) so that's what's got me so excited that's one of the things that makes it one of my favorite tools to use i suppose because it hasn't worked yet so when it does work i'm going to be so pumped we're coming up on almost a year since we have done this investigation, and I have been itching to go back ever since I listened to the EVP. Hearing those, and I will say, I hear two separate voices. Melissa does as well, and so does my friend who listened to it. There are, we hear two different voices. We're agreeing on that. So when I heard that, when I was reviewing the footage. I mean, I I just got so excited. I was scared a little bit cuz it's just it's freaky to review footage and either see or hear something that you did not see or did not hear during the investigation. It's kind of proof for you that hey, I've captured something here. This is weird, but I can see where it's not really evidence or proof for anyone else that wasn't there for the full experience. This is definitely a location that I will for sure be returning to. It is not a location that I'm willing to go to by myself. Just because of the stories of real things that are actually happening in that area, i Me nor Melissa, either one of us want to put ourselves in any type of situation of real danger caused by real living people. That makes any sense at all. But thank you so much for listening. You all are a rock star drop a comment. I've got this little interactive thing going on. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're not hit us up on social medias, let us know. What did you hear? Until next time, stay creepy.